Hallelujah. I know uh, that uh, Rachel is not here, but uh, and I'm a poor substitute for Rachel. But I can't quack near as good as she can. She's my favorite duck. But uh, I, I really just uh, thought we'd start off with this song. She sings a lot. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will for all. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will all my days. Oh, yes, sing it again. I will. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I
Jeff and requested uh, some stuff be cut out.
Psalm 73 and 2. And you can blame this on Brother Jeff. <clears throat> Psalm 73 and 2. Say amen when you got it. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes here today on the solution for slipping. Amen. The solution for slipping. Yeah. You know, among those things which makes the Bible most the most alive and interesting book in the world is that it comes up out of real life. Right. Yeah. This is true about the Bible as a whole, but it's especially true of this amazing, as I call it, this amazing Hebrew hymn book called Psalms. And, this, and for this reason, when you read through the book of Psalms, those songs that were written thousands of years ago sometimes are far more fresh and up-to-date than many of the songs that are written today. Right. Yes, Amen. Yes, for they tell of their struggles, of their aspirations, yeah. of their hope, of their tragedies, yeah. right. and even of the dreams that were in their lives. Matter of fact, when you read the book of Psalms, there's hardly any mood of the soul that you cannot find in one of these ancient songs. Right. right. No matter what mood you're in, you can find it seem like they're in Psalms. And in this particular song, which our text is part of, perhaps it's even more at home in our situation today than when it was written 25, over 25 centuries ago. Let's listen to it again. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps, and I feel the Holy Ghost, had well nigh slipped. Now this song is obvious, comes up out of experience. Here's a man that's not lived in a bubble, but in our kind of world. He has not lived a life that was insulated from the troubles of life. And here this man is looking back on his yesterday from the summit of a hill, if it were. And he is contemplating the way which he has traveled in his life. And he looks and sees one particular part of the road that gave him trouble. He says, right here, he might tell us. That's what he is telling us. I had a hard fight. Right Here was a slippery, slippery place that I came so very near of falling into off the cliff. I uh, every time I go on the Going Sun Road, hadn't been in a couple weeks, I guess it was. What was it? But uh, when you get right past the Weeping Wall, traveling from west to east, there's a bridge there, and that's Haystack Creek comes down through there. And uh, several years ago, there was a photographer that that. Uh, 
he didn't even come off the cliff side of the road. He came off the mountain side of the road and got down in there where the water goes through underneath that bridge, that little culvert, that bridge, it's an actual bridge. And he got down there to take a picture of that water flowing off and over that cliff. Pretty spectacular, especially in the spring. But he got down in there and he got on a slippery place and got washed out the side of the cliff, out through that bridge, through that tunnel. He got washed to his death. People are slipping. Yeah. Right. People have slipped and people are slipping. Yeah. And I think that we're all here among us are aware of that. And so when we hear the psalmist talk after this fashion, which he's talking, that my feet were almost gone and my steps were well nigh slipped, then I think that it gets our attention. Because yeah. right. I don't want to slip, do you? No. I'm interested in what he says because I don't want to fall. Yeah. I don't want to trip up. And we feel that he is one with ourselves. Finally, there's somebody that understands. Somebody that's real. Somebody that's that's not just living in some world where you can't never fail and, and you'll never fail and there's no danger in life and there's there's no way that a Christian can backslide. Somebody or somebody that said, man, I almost went over right there. He feel, we feel like he's one with ourselves and he's talking our kind of language. Yeah. I'm so weary of the faith plus nothing and you'll never have trouble. Even when before I started preaching, I carpooled to uh, American Hospital Supply from Harrison to Westwood, Cincinnati with brothers that were in our church and so we turn on the radio and on the way home it was Shambach, you know. And Shamak would often say, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. There's more than once I looked at the radio and said, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. I know that the way of the transgressor is hard, but it's easy to go to hell. Just don't do nothing. The road to hell is hard. Right. And you'll go through the ringer. Yes, you will. Let me tell you, friend, just because we get saved doesn't mean all the road is is has been uh, paved in such a way that there are no slippery places. Right. Right. Amen. Right. And the reason why that we say he's talking our kind of language is because uh, we too have found life a bit of a fight. Right. We, we're here because we've won through in some sort of fashion. But if we'll be honest, our our feet are on finer footing than it has been all the way and at other times. Yeah. Or perhaps you're here today and or maybe you've tuned into this broadcast because the battle's raging right now. Maybe you're covering up real good. Huh? But right now, the battle's raging in your life and you're being hard-pressed. Some of you may have even come to church or tuned into this broadcast today because uh, for that very reason. You've tuned in or you've come here to church today and your wife or your husband or your children may not know, but you've come that you might find some word of encouragement. I've been there. Yeah. There's been many times that it seemed like the only reason I came to church is because I needed a word of an encouragement. Yeah. I need right. somebody to tell me what to do. Glory to God. 
Amen. There may even be those among us or on the broadcast that have already feel like they've lost the fight. And you're ready to give up, but you've come to church one more time for chance, or you've tuned into this broadcast that perchance you might get the help that you so desperately need. Yeah. My, my. So here then is a man in my text that's walked our kind of road. Right. Amen. Huh. He gets our at least my individual attention, and I hope yours, because most of us have found that the road is hard at times. Right. Yeah. right. Was it Job said that man that's born a woman is but a few days right. full of trouble? Yeah. Didn't even Jesus said, in this life you shall have tribulation? Right. Didn't he say that? Amen. Did he say that? Glory to God. And uh, because most of us have found that the going at times has been really hard. Matter of fact, I think that there are no exceptions. If you've been saved for very long at all, you have found that there are tough places in this road to heaven. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you may have a friend, maybe it's a favorite minister of yours, that, that you have a feeling that everything in life is, is just falling right side up. You know, Murphy's Law, to me though, is the odds are that the peanut butter jelly sandwich is going to fall face down if I drop it, you know. Yeah. Amen. And you fancy that this friend or this favorite minister of yours never had the struggles that you've had. That everything's turned, landed right side up in their life. I remember uh, a pastor in Alabama. I went down there preaching. I was in revival. And uh, back then we preached two weeks revival. Just see if we was going to be able to start having revival after a while. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and, and he, we got in the car alone. He's going somewhere, just me and him. He got me alone. I was sitting on the passenger side, and he was sitting over here, and he looked at me, and he cleared his throat. Seemed like it got real silent. He looked at me as he's over at me, he's driving, and he said, you know you look like that you ain't never had a hard time in your entire life. And he began to tell me some things he was going through. Huh? Well, I could have easily said, listen, I've pastored two churches, and I've evangelized across this country. I lost my dad, and he was pretty young. Well, and I was real young when I, when I lost my dad. I've had troubles, buddy. Who do you think you're talking to? You, but you know what I did? I just whispered a prayer. I said, "Thank you, Lord. Your grace has fixed it so well that He can't even tell the hard times that I have been through." Can somebody shout, "Amen"? And how profound that is! Not because I said it, but it's a profound truth. Right. That there's people, and I'm, I remember, I remember there was a, uh, at, at Germantown, I was pastor at Germantown, we had a preacher come and preach on a, a midweek service, and we used the, the preachers around there, you know, if they drop in, we a lot of times we'd preach them, they just get a hold of this man, and, and this was a good hold of this man, he was an outstanding preacher, and he had a real good voice too, he could really preach, and I really enjoyed to hear him preach. But he got to know him that there was a certain sister in our church service that wasn't really getting in like she was. was having a good service. She wasn't. She was praising the Lord and she was crying and stuff like that. And she would stand when everybody else stand. But he knows she wasn't really getting in like she ought to be getting in. And and he just started just lamb blasting her, calling her a deadhead, and that didn't sit too well with me. So after he was done his tomfoolery, I got up and I said, you know, brother. There are people here in this church service. If you knew what they were going through right now, what they've been through, 
you would shout all over this building if they even come. Right, right, right. Right. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Amen. That they're even here. We don't know what people go, go through. Right. Right. I said, we don't really know right. what people go through. We right. think we do, but we really don't know what people go through. But here's a man that's walked our kind of road. Yeah. Yes, he's had his troubles. But I guess I need to get to this solution for slipping and and what is it here that tripped this man up? What is it here that caused him to slip? Well, what is it that trips us up? What is it that causes us to slip? It's important before we find a solution to our problem to find out what caused us to go down. It's important to find that. Some of us find that going hard in the way slippery because we are in an unfriendly environment. Right. Hmm. Right. Perhaps you're the only Christian in your family. Perhaps you're the only one in the office or, or even in your circle of friends or influence or people that you happen to be among who is even making a serious effort to follow Jesus. Yeah. Every step of the way seems uphill. Sometimes we find the going so hard that we decide we might as well quit. Don't you dare deny that. What's the use? You know, friend, the devil hates you. This right. world hates you. Right. I said the devil hates you and this world hates you. And sometimes the going gets so rough that sometimes we say to ourselves, maybe no one else, but don't you deny it. We think it fleeting in some measure or the other. I've had people say, well, I've never even thought about quitting the Lord. Yeah, you, you got, you're probably selling Golden Gate Bridges too and drain swampland down in Florida because if you've been saved for more than five minutes, there's been times when you think, what in the world is the use? <clears throat> but one thing that helps me, you know, I never, that saying that misery loves company, uh, you know, if I had cancer, it probably wouldn't make me feel better because somebody else had cancer. I know when Sister Blanton had cancer, I found out other people. You go to the hospital, you find that there's more than you that's going through things. And I, I, it never made me feel better that somebody else had cancer. It never did make me feel better about it. But there's something that knowing that there's other people that went through the fiery trials and the test. Right, right, There's been many people, listen to me, you may be here hiding it well. I certainly don't know about it, but you may be right here hiding it well. Or you may be listening to this broadcast, either, you know, whenever that it's going to be aired, or maybe later on you'll, you'll stumble on it, and, and, and you may be, you may feel like that, that what's the use? What's the use? But let me tell you, there's been many people in spite of feeling the way that you do right now that they have plucked up their courage and they have plucked yes. up their faith and they've gone ahead anyhow. Yes. I remember Paul wrote the Philippian church and he was telling the Philippian church before he closed it, he, he was telling them, he said, he said, the saints salute you. Chiefly, uh, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. 
And then on that day, instantly, man, I tell you what, when that was read to the Philippian church, when they assembled together and that was read, I imagine there was probably pandemonium broke loose. I don't care if the piano was in tune or not. Man, I have seen Grandma get up and sing Amazing Grace, and she couldn't carry tune in a number two wash tub, but the whole place came apart, including me. Yeah. The power of God was there. I think we're to do the best we can, but I like it when the power of God's there, whether we're in tune or not. Can somebody wave my hand to heaven and praise the Lord? But chiefly, later, Paul said, Hey, before I get out of here, I want you to know that, that there's people who want me to tell you hello. The, the saints that are up, the household of Caesar. He was, what he was saying, these victorious saints that were living in the most corrupt city in the world, and they were slaves to one of the most corrupt men in all the world, yet in spite of their slippery road, they were keeping their faith, even though sometimes they probably felt like quitting, but Paul was saying, hey, Philippian church, there's some good Christians here that want me to tell you hello. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So some of us finally going hard and the way slippery because we are in an unfriendly environment. Yeah. And secondly, sometimes we fall through sheer, sheer weakness. I know that seems primary, but it can't be overlooked. Yeah. Amen. Blessed is the man who walketh not after the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinner, or sitteth in the sea of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Amen. And on that law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Right, right. That bring... <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. I mean, that's steadfast, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. That is strength. That's ability. Right. Huh? Yeah. You're not going to cause that tree to <laughs> slip on just a little bitty thing. Oh, it gets a little ice on the road. No, not that one. No. Hey, man, what was the secret? He he was strong. What was right. the secret of his strength? His delight is in the law of God. And all that law. I mean, Paul at times told people that the word represented the sincere milk of the word. But he mentioned meat. And he was still talking about the word of God. That is our nourishment. That's what makes us tick. That's what gives us strength. Will somebody shout three times the devil tempted Jesus? Are you hearing me? After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, and three times Jesus said to the devil, It is written. Amen. Why? Because the word of the Lord is strength. I said the word of the Lord is strength. The word of the Lord is strength. And sometimes people fall simply because they're weak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I read a story a while back of a group of scientists years ago got lost in the wilds of Australia. And everything in Australia, everything that slithers or crawls, seems like in Australia, they'll kill you. Give them a chance. Huh? I think the top five of the most poisonous snakes in the world live in Australia. There's a spider there in that area. They carry an EpiPen with them because this funnel, particular funnel spider bites you. You know it when it bites you because it's got big old fangs. But if it bites you, you ain't got long to live unless you've got the antidote right there with you. You're a goner. Well, these scientists years ago, they got lost in the wilds of Australia. They ran out of food. So they found some certain plant that was palatable 
And so they start eating it. But they died. Every man died. And when the people came in to rescue and they found their dead bodies, they, they examined the content of their stomach and found this plant. When they tested this plant, they found out that this plant had no nutritional value whatsoever. It just filled their stomach, tasted okay, especially to starving people. But it did, had no, it did their bodies no good because it had no nutritional. They just, they fell because of what they were eating. Right. And they got weak. Right. And they died. And that's the trouble with the so-called spiritual food that we eat today. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right. My Bible says in the Old Testament, in the book of Hosea, that Ephraim feedeth on the wind. Yeah. Huh? That's why you're weak, Ephraim. You're not getting the nourishment you need. Can yeah. somebody shout right. amen? Yeah. Glory to God. No wonder folks don't have the strength to stand. No wonder through the trials that we've been going through through the last year and a half or two years that people are falling from weakness. Because right. after a while, it's going to show up on you what you've been eating, what you've been consuming. Can somebody shout amen? Let me tell you, friend, it's the word of God is where I get my strength. I've told you time and time and time again, those days that we would take before I start preaching, Sister Blanton and I take vacation, go to camp meeting. We go to camp meeting. I remember the first camp meeting I was ever in. And man, they had a, they had three preachers in the morning service. I've never heard so much preaching in my life. Yeah. Free preachers. In the, and then they had a youth service before the main service at night where they had a preacher. And then they had the main service at night when they had a preacher. Man, I tell you what, I was, amen, I was preaching, preaching poor, it seemed like. But you know what? My, there was a man that told me, an older gentleman told me, he said, listen, I know you may not think it now, but all this good preaching that you're hearing, you'll be feeding on that for weeks and months and maybe even years to come. And you know what? It'd be weeks and months later. I'd be on the job as far as a preacher. I wouldn't have pre I wouldn't even preaching yet. I'd be on the job and I'd remember what Brother So and so said from wherever he had come from. And I remember what Brother So-and-so said, wherever he had come from. I remember that sister before she sang, that testimony would come to me. Those things would be so clear and they would apply right to what I was going through right at that time. That'd be just right. Why? Because there's strength in the word of the Lord. Yes. Hey, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to make it, friend? You want to keep from falling? Hallelujah. i got to hurry. I'm taking too long. Glory to God. So what made this man trip? What makes us trip? Sometimes we find the way slippery because we're in an unfriendly environment. Yeah. And then sometimes we fall because we're just too weak. I got more to say about that, but I'll, I'll save it for another time. And thirdly, <clears throat> the thing that came so nearly to tripping this particular psalmist and causing him to slip is God's strange order of things. The gospel is countercultural. Right. Right. Yeah. Who was it that they, they went out looking for some fellers that was going to put them in prison in the New Testament and, and their accusation against them is that they had turned the world upside down. Right. Glory yeah. to God. And I remember somewhere, some, 
Somebody said, you know what the problem was? The world was already upside down. They just trying to get it right side up. Right. Yeah. Cor, are you hearing me? Yeah. Cor to God. You see, this psalmist had gone into life with a faith that simply refused to line up with the facts. Yeah. That may be where you're at right now. You may have swallowed a faith hook, line, and sinker that isn't based on the Word of God. You know, as these Jews at this time, he had been taught to believe that the good always won the prize. The bad were always left out. The good always prospered in business and in health and the wicked were always poor and sick. He was convinced that God paid a man for being good. But of course, this is not the case. Now, if you believe that, you're believing wrong. Right. This, of course, is not the case. But it is a belief in churches and in this world. Right. And even sometimes among us, it dies hard. And one of the reasons why it, it, so it takes so long for this failing faith to die hard is because there's some truth in it. I mean, other things being equal, righteousness does pay. Right? Yeah. A man that is good is more likely to enjoy good health and he's more likely to be prosperous. But while that is the case, it does not follow by any means that the good always prosper and the bad always right. fail. Right. Yeah. Huh? Right. If that were the case, character would be just a mere matter of investment. Yeah. Somebody talking about grace today? We cannot buy life and goodness. Right. God, <laughs> amen. The devil pays, pays wages, but God never does. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, you're taking that to. No, God never does. Paul would tell the Roman church, for the wages of sin is death. That's what the devil pays. But the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God, the gift of God, gift of God is eternal life through hey. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hey. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Amen. Now, this the psalmist here. You got to understand this truth. Why this is the thing that most came likely to tripping him, and most likely caused his demise. He's going on a faith that the good man has a golden touch. Well, everything that a man, bad, bad man touches or handles goes to mud. He found that life simply tore this theory to shreds right in his face and threw it in his face. He probably believed this all his life, but now he's faced with a stark reality that what he believed in and the faith that he had was not true. Yeah. In spite of the fact that he himself he was finding was a good man that he probably tied and he went to tithe and went to church himself, he was going under. Yeah. He was about to go down. In addition, he might have even lost his health. I don't know. And perhaps he had lost his health as a result of him losing his business or his money or his finances or his wherewithal. And meanwhile, the godless neighbor that he had, that godless man, even right. was breaking in the money left and right and was, was uh, staying in the best condition physically and never seemed like they even had colds. Even the, the psalmist said, another psalmist said, Behold, these are the ungodly, or he said rather in Psalms 73 in my text, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Fairly I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. He was saying, what good is it? Yeah. Right. 
I'm going under and he's going over the top. Right. And I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in vain. Yeah. This has been all for naught. Amen. And everyone that believes in this faith plus nothing, that you're always going to be healthy, wealthy, wise. Everyone who faces this after a while, the same man that our psalmist here in Psalm 73 face, yeah. they're going to face that after a while. And many right. fall off the premises. Right. Because they find it that's a slippery slope. This neighbor of his, this wicked man, maybe was so prosperous that he often threw wild parties and kept the psalmist awake with his wild parties. He might have said it's not fair. He might have sobbed in his pillow more than once at night saying it's not fair. It looks like I've made a mistake for being good. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence as I've already read to you what he said and quoted him verbatim. Yeah. Huh? And so this man was tempted to give up his righteousness because it just simply didn't seem to pay. Yeah. In trying to be right, he was fighting the losing fight. Right. Huh? There's no turning a blind eye to the fact that goodness seems to be having a hard time in our present world. Yeah, right. I told Eric and I've told others, it seems like every news article I read is just the opposite of what it should be. Almost everyone. Yeah. Huh? The good guys seem like they lose and the bad guys are winning. Huh? Yeah. I know, I know. Glory to God. But let me tell you, you're going to face defeat in your life. Right. right. Amen. As an individual, as a nation, goodness don't always win the battle. Right. Yeah. And so he said, my feet have well nigh slipped. I think back on some great people that I've known in my life. I think about back on Vera Franklin. I preached revival at their church. Her son was the pastor in the pastor's family. He had, he had fished all night with some boys, but he promised some Amish that he would take them. He had a pontoon boat on the Smithland Dam, which is the largest locking dam in the world on the Ohio River. Ohio River is really big there. Yeah. And uh, he took them out there, and they he was tired, wore out. And uh, pastor's son... But he wanted to keep his word. And he had fished all night. And uh, he didn't have to fish all night. So he felt obligated to take the Amish boys fishing. So he got them in the, several in his pontoon boat. And they got over by the dam. They was fishing. And uh, they opened up one of the locks without the alarm. And uh, his wife got a big multi-million dollar settlement out of it because they were definitely in the wrong. But when those locks opened, that mighty part of that mighty Ohio River came through. Everyone, he got a life jacket on every one of them Amish guests. And he didn't get one on himself. And he drowned. They survived. He drowned. Now, Vera Franklin, man, can you imagine Mama? She took that hard. 
She took it hard. I remember, and I don't know why, there was a preacher, I'm not going to call his name, but his son got out in the world and got hooked on alcohol. I remember, Eric knows him well. Well, he would come and pray, he'd stay off it a while, and then he'd get right back to it. He'd come and pray, stay off a while, and he'd get right back to it. And uh, just, he was so hooked on One night, <clears throat> he was driving down the road, and he was drunk, went off the road. When he woke up, he was paralyzed from his neck down. I seen him fish with him beforehand. There in revival when he was younger. And when, to, when I first saw him in that state, it took my breath. And I looked over at the pastor. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. My mind. My mind. Yeah. Uh, I remember Bruce McGuire, I will mention his name. Young preacher in our church there at Germantown. Man, what a hard time they went through. Their little three-year-old daughter got cancer and died. Oh, man, it's a tough time. Tough time for me. I can't imagine what it was to them. Good Christian people. If you knew them, you would say, man, them are great people. But they're simply places, even in the saints' road. Right. My, my. I don't want to leave you with a bleak picture here, but they're slippery places. This, this fellow, he was saying, man, I almost went off. But wait a minute. This particular psalmist didn't actually lose the fight. Yeah. In spite of the fact that he almost went down, the fact remained, he didn't go yeah. down. Yeah. And we must remember, I know I preached too long, but you got to stay with me here for just a, just a few minutes longer. We must remember... Victory is always possible. Yeah. You know, I say this with all boldness. I say this out of experience. I say this because I've been there, done that. I say this because even victory is always possible. Yeah. Even God is always possible to keep you from slipping. Amen. We may have almost went down, but we didn't. Yeah. Glory to God. There is a way out. Hallelujah. No matter how fret, fretful and hopeless and you may find your situation is today, either here or on the broadcast, there are a thousand others who have been in situations that are in situations just like you, just as trying as you, but they stood up and they're going forward bravely. Yeah. Not only are they keeping their own feet, but I, I know them that are source of strength to, and inspiration to many others, even though they almost went under. And they're going through terrible things. And they got terrible trials. But God has used this by His grace to bring glory to Himself. Would you lift your head to heaven and praise the Lord? Hallelujah. In closing, uh, we need to probably mention a solution for slipping. I'll mention three of them real quick. <laughs> this man did not, first of all, this man did not keep himself from slipping by getting in an ideal situation. No. God did not put him on an easier road. Right. But rather he helped him and gave him grace to walk the road he was on. Yeah. Right. Huh? He did not find grace by losing heart and repudiating everything that he had stood for. Yeah. As hard-pressed and as desperate as he was, he still believed. 
Amen. it was better to face towards the right than to face towards the wrong. That's good. Amen. That's good. Glory to God. Uh, he believed it was better to stand up and fight than to lie down and whine. He believed it was better to fight even though he failed than to fail without a fight. Right. I need to say that again. He yeah. believed it was better to fight even, even though he failed than to fail without a fight. Right. To fail without a fight. He believed it was better to fight even though he failed than to fail without a fight. Yeah. Don't go down without a fight. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. Even so God didn't, didn't remedy his situation by putting him, putting him in a perfect environment. Right. Amen. Amen. But he did give him unmerited favor. Hallelujah. And he did give him grace and enabled him to perform even though the road high means and good studded snow tires. Yeah. Huh? In a little sense of how to use them, how to drive. That's I see. Glory to God. Let me hurry. I got more to say about that. I'll preach too long. This solution wasn't found. No, not by getting in an ideal situation. But he did find help by taking the long view instead of the short view. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Always remember that the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Right. If you take the short view, that, that will get you. Right. But if you'll take the long view, Huh? Amen. Glory to God. Then you'll realize that that's just temporary pleasure. Right. That's just temporary prosperity. That's just temporary health. Right. Huh? And that's the conviction that comes to all of us when we consult the centuries instead of the seconds. Hallelujah. When you look at the centuries, brutal nation after brutal nation has conquered the world. Babylon, Assyria, Persia, Rome, Macedonia. They have all stalked with a bloody, bloody path, right. conquering the world. But their victories were not permanent. Right. They passed as a morning cloud. Amen. In the grand sky of history. Amen. In verse number 17, he took the long view. He found a long view. Then yeah. understood he their end. Right. Yeah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, Glory yes. to God. Let me hurry on. I got more to say about that. I'll go to the next one. The, the last one. He did not find he did not find help in the slippery slope by, by getting into the ideal situation. But he did find help by taking the long view instead of the short view. But the greatest help came to the psalmist. Are you ready for it? The greatest help came to the psalmist. The greatest traction came to the psalmist through his attendance. At church. Amen. Yeah. It's in his own personal testimony. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps were well not slipped. And in verse number 17, he says, Until I went to the sanctuary of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, yes. My feet were almost gone. My steps were well not slipped until I went to the sanctuary of God. Yeah. That, that sounds silly enough to some, doesn't it? Some, some maybe, I, I doubt here, but some that's maybe watching this. 
uh, on Facebook or wherever that it's going that you're watching it. You say, well, that's just so simply. But the fact remains that this rugged saint of, of over 25 centuries ago, he, he, he took, did take time to go to the house of the Lord. Hey. Not only did he go, but by his old testimony, that's where he found help. Yeah. Huh? Hey. Can you find help other places? Sure you can. If you're painted in a corner and you have to, you have to. But I'm telling you, friend, most of the time when you're going to find help, it's going to be at the house. Well, I can pray by myself. How's that working out for you? Amen. Oh, we can get you scheduled with my family. We can just read the word. How's that working out? How's that working out? Right. How's that doing? People that don't go to church incrementally, they begin to let down standards and allow things in their life that they otherwise would never allow. Right. It happened this week, and I appreciate it, that uh, last Sunday, I, I wasn't scheduled to preach, but I, I did exhort for a while, and, and it was some hard things that I exhorted. And I had a, somebody send me a text and said, we sure do. She said, this person said that I was I was uh, challenged. Amen. I think it's challenged, maybe even convicted. I mean, I got that wrong. I can read it. I can go get my phone and read it. And inspired by the service. This end of, I was challenged. I was challenged. That's what we need. We need to be provoked unto good works. That's the reason why that we need to go to church. If you're listening to this on Facebook and there ain't no good churches where you live, move. Move. It's more important for you to go to a good church than to work a good job. Move. Have some faith and move. But most likely, most likely, people won't do that. They'll just continue. And people that don't go to church, there's no fellowship with other saints, they get to believing in weird doctrines. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. Right. I'm not preaching down to anybody. This is just the facts. Right. You find yourself like this psalmist? You saw the prosperity of the wicked? And it caused you to almost fall off the premises. Right. You know what you need to do more than anything else? You need to go to the house of God. Amen. Right. <laughs> I'll find another psalmist in this song book, this, this Hebrew song book, hymn book, that would agree with him. When David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Yeah. That's yeah. verse number one of Psalms 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He was glad to go. Right. Uh, he was glad to go to the house. That's where he got help. Yes. Not everybody there is perfect. Amen. Not everybody there is what you think that they ought to be. Are you hearing me? But David said, I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And verse number two says, and my feet shall stand within thy gates. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place of worship. That's where they went to worship. I said, that's right. where they went to worship. That's where they went to worship. You say, well, our church don't worship. Well, they, you know, I just don't believe everything people say about their churches. But if that is the case, move. Yeah. Right, right. Gather your family up for God's sake. Yeah. For your family's sake. That's right. And go where they do worship. And go do where they do challenge you. Go where they do have a move of God. Go where they do. 
Ma, ma, ma! What's wrong with you? Yeah. Huh? Praise God. Oh, yeah. I know church attendance is down. Now, I'm not talking about through the pandemic. I'm talking about for the last 20 years, yes. church attendance has went down. Longer than that, but the last 20 years, it's really. Right. Right. Huh? But to say that the church is, lose, is useless because more, the majority of the people do not attend is the same thing that's saying that the majority is always right. Amen. But we know that the truth is the opposite. Right. Matter of fact, the majority is almost always wrong. Right. Yeah. Had man always stood for, with the majority, we'd still be living in caves. Yeah. The majority of the world once taught that the world was flat. But the fact that that fact did not keep it, the world from being round. Yeah. <laughs> if the majority is always right, then Jesus Christ was a madman. Right. And the mob that crucifies him, crucified him was wise. Yeah. The, therefore, the fact... That many find nothing in church means nothing. Right. 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 And the reason why they find nothing in church is because they don't give church a chance. Amen. But here in Psalm 73 is a man, a singer who took the opposite course. He said, I went to the sanctuary, God. Amen. And having done so with a hungry, desperate heart. He was not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And let me tell you, his experience, even though it don't look that way, you may think nobody goes to church, but there's some people going to church right. and going with a hungry heart. That's where they find their help. Yes. That's where they find their yes. strength. Yes, you better pray every day. You have you better have a, a, a relationship with God every day. Pray every day. Read your word. Have a, a dedicational service in your devotional service in your in your life every day have that relationship with God every day but I'm telling you what he, he, it won't replace church that's what he said I went I was my feet were almost down my steps were well I slipped and I went to the sanctuary God that's where he got help that's where many are getting help that's where I get help that's where many of you are getting help would you lift your hands to heaven and praise the Lord thank you Jesus in the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah said, It's a bad time. It's a bad year. My friend, my confidant, my leader died. Bad year. But he said, In that year, I'll, not only did he die, but I also saw the Lord. Right. Yeah. Sitting upon the throne. High lifted up, yeah. and his train filled the temple. Yeah. Hallelujah! It was a bad year, but I also saw the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Some bad things happened, but I also saw the Lord. Yeah. yeah, it was a slippery place, but I also saw the Lord. Yeah, I had people stand against me, but I also saw the Lord. I had people accuse me of things I didn't do, but I also saw the Lord. I had people accuse me of things about that I did do, but I also saw the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sitting on his throne. Yes. Right. High and lifted up. Can anybody tell me where that vision took place? Took place in church. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Robert Louis Stevenson had many, many trials that 
would break many people. But he wrote and said, I've been to church today. He said, I'm not depressed. Those could say, well, man, you need to be depressed all that you're going through. He said, but I went to church. And while there, regardless whether the sermon was alive or dead or the singing was inspiring or depressing, he said, I ran past them all till I became conscious of God. Amen. You want to keep from slipping? Go to church. And everything in church, above, that's the reason why, man, when I was a young Christian, I sat on the first, first row. I didn't want to see all the mess behind me. Because all things happen. A lot of things happen out there. You just, huh? That's the reason why Brother Collins said some of the people gave him the most trouble. He got to pray and God would call their, their sons to preach. <laughs> That'll fix him because when that son get up there and see what the pastor had been looking at, for years and years. Huh? Yeah. Right. Glory to God. Probably a good thing I can't see on the other side of that camera right now. Some people are in a mess. Some people don't care nothing about the things of God. Yeah. But perchance, maybe this will fall in somebody's life right now. That you go to church one more time and run past all the distractions until you become, as Robert Louis Stevenson did, become conscious of God. Amen. I'm closing, Sister Rebecca comes to the piano. So this is what happened to the psalmist. He realized that God was near and he realized he was eager to help. Isn't that a good thought? He said in verse number 21 of that psalm, same psalmist. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I, and ignorant. I, I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I'm continually with thee. And thou hast holding me by my right hand. Huh? Yeah. Thou hast, God's got a hold. I, he said, I went to church, and God got a hold of my hand. Hallelujah. I went to church, and God got a hold. Lord in God. Hey man, I, years ago I seen a, a woman walking her little daughter. I could tell you who she was. And they came to the crosswalk on a busy street. The little girl looked up at her mama. She was afraid. Her mama grabbed hold of her hand. And no longer was the little girl afraid. They walked across the street. And you may be under the sound of my voice here. This today or whenever it is that you're watching or listening to this you may be afraid but won't you get in a place where God can get a hold of your hand and when you feel the strength and the warmth and the power and the ability in that hand it'll give you faith, it'll give you courage it'll right. give you the weather and all to go on glory to God praise God hallelujah this psalmist said in verse number 25, Who have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire to be beside thee. That I desire beside thee. Whatever your circumstances here today, 
He is in the midst right now. He's been in our midst this entire service. What is your hunger today? God can satisfy that hunger. David said, for he satisfy the longing soul and fill the hungry soul with goodness. I read about a preacher in England. And how that this preacher was so revered among his congregation. They said when he preached, he preached with such a spirit, it was like a sweet, rare perfume that walked among his congregation. That's the influence he had. But he died and they buried him on the coast, eastern coast of England. And the headstone above his grave, write this epitaph. Here lies Benjamin M., a man who was satisfied with Jesus. Amen. Are you satisfied with Jesus today? Is he the one that you want to be beside? He'll never let you down. He said, I'll never leave thee or forsake thee. He'll chasten you when you're wrong, but he'll hug you when when you're repentant. Hallelujah. That's my Jesus. Let's gather around. Would you come? And if you're listening to this at home, won't you find a place to pray? Find a good church to go to. Huh? Get under a good man of God. He won't be perfect. God forbid he may even be more imperfect than I am, which is pretty bad. Go with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost can help you. As for me, the psalmist said, my feet were well nigh slid. Oh, God. My feet were almost gone, rather. My steps were well nigh slid. But he made it through. Right. And you can make it through, too. That's right. Amen. By the help and that great grace of God, Brother Jeff talked about. Amen. Wasn't that good? Yes. I know I preached a long time. If you only knew what I had written down here and how long I could have preached, you would appreciate what measure of brevity that I applied here. Let's find a place to pray. Would you? Sister Rebecca sings to us here today. God bless you.